So she spoke, and Telemachus set forth out of the palace, holding his spear, and together with him went two of his swift hounds. He went on to the meeting to join with the well-grieved Achaeans. Meanwhile, the women attendants were called by the glorious woman, old Eurycleia, the daughter of Ops, offspring of Pesenor. Come now, some of you busy yourselves in sweeping the palace, sprinkle the floor, then throw on the well-made armchairs, the purple coverlets. Others of you get busy with sponges and wipe off thoroughly all of the tables, and then go clean out the wine bowls, also the well-wrought cups, double-handled, and others among you go to the spring after water, and come back bringing it quickly. For it will not be long that the suitors are gone from the palace. They will arrive quite early, for all take part in this feast day. So did she say. They carefully listened to her and obeyed her. Twenty of them went out to the spring with its deep, dark water, while right there in the palace the others were skillfully working. Into the house came haughty men-servants, and they then started splitting the firewood well and expertly, and shortly the women came back up from the spring. Just after them entered the swineherd, driving in three fat swine, those which were the best of the whole herd. These he allowed to go search out food in the lovely enclosure, while he himself, in gentle and kind words, spoke to Odysseus. Dear friend, do the Achaeans regard you with greater respect now, or do they slight you still in the house, as before they were doing? Speaking to him, then answered Odysseus of many devices, Surely I wish that the gods, Eumaeus, would punish the outrage, which in their recklessness these arrogant men have been wreaking here in another man's house, and they have no share of discretion. Such were the things they spoke and addressed each one to the other. Then did Melanthius, herdsman of goats, come up and approach them, driving the goats that were best by far among all of the goat flocks for the repast of the suitors. With him came two of the herdsmen. These goats under the echoing portico then they tethered, while he himself spoke out to Odysseus in words of derision. Stranger, will you even now in the house be giving us trouble, begging your keep of the men, and will you not get along outdoors? As for the two of us, I am quite sure we will never be parted till we have tested our fists, since you are without due order when you are begging, and other Achaeans as well hold banquets. He said, Odysseus of many devices returned him no answer. Silently shaking his head, he secretly plotted him evils. Third then coming to them was Philoetius, leader of people, driving a sterile heifer and fat goats in for the suitors. These had been carried across by ferrymen, those who provide for other men also conveyance, whoever arrives at their landing. These beasts under the echoing portico then he tethered, while he himself stood close to the swineherd, making inquiry. What new stranger is this who has come so recently, swineherd, here to our palace, and who are the people he claims to derive from? Where does his family live now, and where are the fields of his fathers? He is ill-fated, but seems in stature a king and a leader. Yet it is true that the gods bring pain to far-wandering mortals any time, even for kings, they spin out sorrow and hardship. 
Thus, and he greeted him then with his right hand, standing beside him. Raising his voice, he spoke, and in these winged words he addressed him. Welcome, father and stranger, and may good fortune attend you ever hereafter, but now you are held by many misfortunes. O oh, Father Zeus, there is no other god more baneful than you are. You do not show any pity for men when once you beget them, when they plunge in the midst of affliction and miserable hardships. I began sweating as soon as I thought. My eyes became tearful when I remembered Odysseus, because he too, I suppose, is wearing old rags like these as he wanders about among mankind, if he perhaps still lives, still looks upon Helios' sunlight. If he has died already and dwells in the palace of Hades, ah, me then for the faultless Odysseus, who set me in charge of cattle, a young boy still, in the Cephalenians' district. Now that stock has become quite numberless, nor among men has anyone's breeding of broad-browed cattle produced such an increase. These are the ones which strangers command me to bring to themselves for eating, and do not care in the least for the child in the palace. Nor do they quake at the gods' supervision, for they are already eager to share out the wealth of the Lord who long has been absent. But it is this that the heart in my own dear breast is revolving, often that while his son is alive, it would be a great evil, going away to the country of others and taking the cattle there among alien men. Yet this is more dreadful, to stay here, taking in charge those cattle for other men, suffering hardships. Certainly I would have fled long since and arrived at another proud-souled king, since this is no longer a place to put up with. But of the luckless man, I think still, if coming from somewhere, he might cause those suitors throughout his palace to scatter. Speaking to him, then answered Odysseus of many devices, Oxherd, since you seem like a man neither evil nor senseless, I am myself well aware what wisdom has entered your spirit. Therefore I will say this, and a great oath swear you upon it. Zeus be witness the first of the gods, and this table of friendship, also the hearthstone of faultless Odysseus, to which I have come now. While you are still inside it, Odysseus will come to his dwelling. Then with your own eyes, should you desire it, you will observe those suitors be slaughtered who here in the palace are playing the masters. Speaking to him then answered the herdsman, tender of cattle. Stranger and friend, may the scion of Kronos accomplish your saying. Then you would learn what strength I have and what hands to employ it. So in like fashion, Eumaeus was praying to all of the gods for various-minded Odysseus to come back home to his palace. Such things then they spoke and addressed each one to the others, while for Telemachus, death and destruction, the suitors were making ready their plots, but a bird came over their heads on the left side. It was a high-flying eagle, a tremulous dove it was holding. Then Amphinomus spoke and addressed them, giving them counsel. Friends, this plan of ours now never will run true to our wishes, plotting Telemachus' murder. Instead, let us think about feasting. So Amphinomus spoke, and his words found favor among them. When they had gone back into the palace of godlike Odysseus, 
First, having laid their mantles aside on benches and armchairs, they made sacrifice then of the full-grown sheep and the fat goats, sacrificed sleek hogs also, as well as a cow from the ox herd. Then they roasted the innards and shared them out, and the wine they blended in mixing bowls, and the swine herd passed out the goblets. Bread also they were served by Philoetios, leader of people, piled in beautiful baskets. The wine was poured by Melanthus. They stretched forth eager hands to partake of the food lying ready.